0: I'm Tass Miles of the Starters. This is Ben Golver with the Open Floor Podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Christine Ludlow
0: from NBA Inside Stuff. I'm OG Nanobi of the Toronto Raptors.
1: Hey, I'm Elena Donan, and welcome to the Double Clutch. Double Clutch. Double
0: Clutch Double Clutch
1: Double Clutch Double Clutch podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Double Clutch NBA podcast. My name is Matthew Wellington, and I'm joined tonight once again by Mike Miller.
0: Hey, how's it going? Been a while. Been a while. So good to see your beautiful face once more.
1: It's <laughs> yeah. been. It's it's been about two months. Unfortunately, just as I was getting back into like doing podcasts again, I had another uh, another family uh, grievance. So um, I've had a I've had a bit of time off to to just get my head over that and work out what the hell's been going on in the world. But um, yeah, it's been a fun year. So back to talking basketball, and I'm actually feeling some sort of basketball vibes the last couple of weeks. So that's a bonus. Basketball vibes, Jonesing. <laughs> Well, luckily, I've got a couple of other hobbies and things. So, like, as much as basketball is basketball, like, you know, watching films and stuff is a good distraction for me. But, like, I imagine if you if you had nothing but basketball, you'd probably struggle. So, <laughs> yeah. Although I, I've decided to take up surfing. So, oh, <laughs> but that's a different podcast. It's <laughs> <laughs> totally um, random. Um, if you're not following us already, please do so. Check out uh, at Double Clutch UK on Instagram, Twitter. Facebook, YouTube, we're not on TikTok yet. I mean, I'm I'm assuming Kirk who's who's producing this might end up getting on the TikTok vibe at some point for us. I don't I don't know.
0: <laughs> Kirk's always on TikTok.
1: Kirk is always on TikTok. Um and we're obviously streaming this live on Twitch for anyone who is watching, but I don't know who is watching. How do I work out who's who's watching and who isn't?
0: You ask Kirk normally. No, you, you can tell it you can look at the stream and then click on it this is brilliant this is live <laughs> well i'm totally new
1: to, to doing this I, yeah. I haven't had the experience that uh my esteemed colleague over here in the chicago michael jordan mvp top has. <laughs> <laughs> all six of them. um all six of them yeah so i mean there's there's been so much going on the last few days we had a great uh denver clippers game six last night at a really great time it was on at like what six o'clock uk time and Amazing time it, it was getting some real buzz, and over the last few weeks you've seen actual you know n b a topics trending on Twitter in the United Kingdom um at reasonable hours of the day which is which is cool because normally it's at like two a m three a m when most people <laughs> are asleep but um it was it was cool to watch game six and to watch that sort of chaos unfold yesterday, watch the clippers break down um mentally and physically <laughs> it was quite amusing to watch and just to see Twitter just completely going. I mean, I mean, I put out a tweet and said this is over. You know, get ready for the Western Conference Finals. And then half an hour later, I'm, you know, I was feeling a bit stupid. So sure, there were plenty of people like that. Um, but obviously, we we, we go, we're going to talk Western Conference Finals matchups later. But none of that's been decided. And tonight's the first night where there hasn't been games in what like a month, something like that. <laughs> well, probably uh, there was
0: a, there was a couple of days break after the regular season ended, wasn't there? Yeah, uh, the uh, yeah, season, going. the seeding games. Yeah. So yeah, that would have, have been 30th of July, plus about 18 days. Let's go with the uh, 16th of July.
1: Yeah. Um, but anyway, we're going to get on to our main topics of discussion today. What are you laughing at, man? <laughs> just because you're like, yeah, whatever, Mike, just carry on. <laughs> just <read> on. <laughs> Mate, it's, 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 cool, it's cool being ropey. I got to get into game form. Um, we're going to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, the, the biggest question is, after crashing out to the Miami Heat, what the hell is going to happen with Giannis now? Twitter kind of exploded on Saturday as as everyone noticed that he'd unfollowed dozens and dozens of people on his Instagram feed, and then he'd unfollowed his his teammates as well. And I think it had gone down to eight people by the last time I checked. Um, might have gone down even more by now, but he's he's just following his brothers and and his wife and one or two, one or two other people. So read into that what you will. Um, it's easy to overreact. Since then, basically we've he's had a meeting with the Bucks and they've they've said that they're gonna go into the salary cap and, you know, the luxury tax and build a team around him. So, Mike, um I guess the question is, do you think the Bucks can actually fit a team around Janice or is Milwaukee always gonna be one of those markets where you're never really gonna get get anybody?
0: Well, the thing is they're gonna to need to trade to get anyone. And yeah. what are they gonna give up to get back in return? Because that roster is the, the Ross, there is some talent there, but there's also some massive holes that uh, you, no one's going to want. Uh, who's going to want um, Robin Lopez for five mil for two years at this point in his career? No offense, because I, I do love Robin Lopez, but he's just a very expensive tower um, <laughs> And You know, I, even even to the if he is really serious about a championship, then they also need to look at getting guys off the books like his brother Thanassis, because mm. you know when it comes down to it you you've got eight key guys and he's not going to be one of those eight key guys um but i guess they will keep him to, to keep him happy i i'm struggling to see where they go from here so they definitely need to rebuild around him whether they can is another thing
1: yeah i mean no matter how you slice it the bucks are kind of strapped for cash next season and obviously we still don't know when the the new season is going to um tip off. December was rumored, but now that's still up in the air. That was obviously implications with the salary cap and what happened with China at the start of the season and obviously financials now for the teams and the fact that there's no revenue coming in through gate receipts and merchandise sales and things like that in the arenas. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see what the Bucks can do, but the only way they can do anything is to make a move. And if you're going for somebody like, Chris Paul, then you're going to have to give up quite a lot to get him because someone like Sam Presti is not going to let him go for for cheap. I mean, we saw what sort of Hall Houston had to give up to get him a couple of years back and then the same again just just recently to get him over to to the Thunder. Um, and I'm not entirely sure the Bucks have got anything like what either of those teams, two teams had to offer in return. Um, Eric Bledsoe is somebody whose name has been floated around, but... What value does do, do teams really see in, in Eric Bledsoe at the moment? I mean, good defender, but offense, you're getting nothing. we well, have had nothing from him in the last
0: two seasons. The the economics don't work for Chris Paul. He's going to get 41 mil next season. He's going to get 45, I think, 44 and a bit the season afterwards. He is 35 now. So the amount they'd have to give up, Bledsoe's only got on a 15 mil contract, and he's on it for the next four years, three years. Middleton's on more. Uh, I think he's on about 30, and that's another four years. But if you're the if you're the Thunder and you're clearly going to rebuild, that's why you've already split from your coach, like within days, um, Donovan's gone. Um, you're gonna rebuild. So you wanna get Paul off the books, but where's the economics gonna work here? Because the amount of players they're gonna have to sacrifice to get Chris Paul in is, is just huge. Add to the fact that everyone is going through an extreme case of recency bias now, going Chris Paul is still the point guard. Like he has been great since the season restarted, but let's not forget the last f- three seasons or so, he's struggled with hamstring issues, he's struggled with being available all the time, and he's not getting younger. I don't think Chris Paul's the answer. I think he is the answer in a vacuum. I don't think he is the answer economically and in terms of putting this team in a better position.
1: If you're not going to get a player or a, you know a, a relevant player to come back in, do you look at someone like moving... Or getting rid of Budenholzer and bringing in another, another coach, somebody who's perhaps a bit more inventive on the offensive side of the ball, so that when someone like Janice is is stunted in the playoffs by you know the opposition's defense, they have a plan B. Because and, and you guys have spoken about it on recent podcasts, it's, it has just looked like they played the regular season game, they played their heart out for every regular season game, which a lot of teams haven't done, like the Clippers, for example, just you know cruised through the regular season just to get into the postseason, season. Um, but unfortunately they don't have, they don't seem to have turned that switch um, back on yet. But do you get, do you get yourself in a situation where you bring in, I don't know, Mike D'Antoni's obviously just said he's not coming back to Houston. Maybe you bring someone like him in and you try and reinvent the offense around Giannis and you bring in players who fit that system. Unrestricted free agent wise, they've got Carl Corver, Pat Connington, who could leave this summer but I'm not too sure what value you get from bringing them back um but obviously it all depends on what philosophy your team's going to be uh, playing next year when it comes to who who's the coach I mean this whole sort of space drive space thing that they've been they've been using obviously doesn't work in the playoffs and teams make adjustments when they play you over a couple of games so you have to find a way of of getting around that and I think it's probably a coaching you know opportunity than, uh, rather than bringing in a player who can who can change that for them. I, I think there is some,
0: there are some players out there that they should maybe make inquiries about. Whether they'll get them or not is another question. Like for me, they need a playmaker. Like someone like Bledsoe disappears far too often. Um, they need someone as an alternative to Giannis who can create. Chris Middleton has not been able to do it consistently in the playoffs though he has been pretty solid throughout the regular seasons. Um, in in my mind, I think playmakers. I think someone like Ricky Rubio, but again, he's not an outside scorer, so that's going to shrink that floor. Um, so I'm thinking, what what would they have to give up to get someone like Drew Holiday? Like, I get that he is going to be a key culture guy in uh, New Orleans for a couple more years at least, but if the offer's good enough, they could probably turn the reins over to Lonzo Ball and let that you know that that Ball Williamson duo just sort of try and uh, you know grow and ferment a bit more quickly um but they'd still have to give up a a decent stack to get to get that done they'd they'd have to give up Bledsoe which is fine get rid of him he's pretty pretty he's proven what he can and can't do um Iliasova who's just a stiff uh I think he's got a couple more seasons left on his contract uh Lopez who's got a couple more seasons on his contract Uh, I'm talking about Robin not Brooke um someone like Dante DiVincenzo, because the salaries are so low at that end that it takes a lot to get it up to where it needs to be to make the the transaction work. But in terms of coaching, what Bud did this year was make everything they did before, more or less, better and didn't address their weaknesses. I kind of feel like he's earned enough stock to have another go at it, but it's whether the front office will trust him with this crucial Giannis year coming up. DeAntoni is actually a... I almost swore that is a great shout from you as a potential because look at the way he engineered an entire offense around James Harden as being the playmaker. Now, imagine Yanis in that role. So, Harden, yeah, okay. So, Harden obviously hits those step back threes, crazy, like whatever. But they've got four guys just spread out. The one thing Houston didn't have is a versatile big, which is exactly what Yanis would give you. So, I could see something like that working. I think it's batshit crazy, but I could see something like that working.
1: It's- yeah, and he and he's he's got a proven history of just trying to invent something that nobody's ever seen before. Like he did mm. it with the Phoenix Seven Seconds or Less, Phoenix Suns, you know, with with Nash and Stoudemire. And then when he went to Houston, everyone was like, "What the hell's going on here?" He tried to do something in New York with the the sort of crumbling talent that that franchise had at the time but that didn't work right. out too well um, but when he went to Houston I mean he, he took this team to as close as they were going to get against you know a dynastic side like the Golden State Warriors so they, they did everything they possibly could I think you're right they could give him more time um, but I think I mean we go on about it I was watching um, the, the JJ Reddit podcast earlier and they, they had Kevin Durant on actually and he was talking about everyone goes on about the fact that you need two or three stars. And they mentioned Giannis had two stars. And I was thinking, well, does anyone really consider someone like Chris Middleton to be a second star type player that can take the burden off Giannis? Um, I mean, he's had, he's not had many opportunities to do that, but I, I think going back to Chris Ball quickly, like he would come in and be somebody like that. He is a facilitator and somebody who can unlock a defense when a team's struggling, you know, when Giannis is struggling and he does everything you need him to do in terms of thinking on the court. Like you have a an additional coach who supports what Budenholzer is calling from the sideline. And I think that would be a massive help for them. You'd also end up running a lot more pick and rolls through Jarnis and, and Chris Paul. And there's something that if you, you you sort of deep dive into the stats a little bit, Jarnis hasn't really been a, a pick and roll player this this last few seasons. And he doesn't score many points through through that. So I think if you... If you added someone like Chris Paul, who's you know got an ability to drain a three, can hit a mid range, can drive at the rim, and force you know turnovers, he's he's a sort of guy that I, I think on paper fits perfectly. It's just you have to give up so much to get him, um, so that's the question. I don't really know what they can do. The answer is just we just have to wait and see. It, it, you know, Giannis can use all of his his what is it his, his might to see how far he goes, but it's a critical period for the Bucks they have to take advantage of this next season before you know he has a chance to 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 leave them because if if Milwaukee proves that they can't seriously contend and let's not forget they're in the Eastern Conference it should be easier to contend in theory being out there you don't have to go through some of the teams that are traditional powerhouses in the West so they, they should but you know getting fooled by the likes of Miami who didn't do anything too serious they just did a lot of stunting which is something that Giannis might get used to, um, but obviously that throws him off his stride. And something like Giannis, the, the, the you want him running head, head first into into the paint and trying to cause havoc. And when, you, when you've when you got Miami, you know, stunting and faking it, that sort of defensively pump faking him, I think is the phrase, um, it throws him off and he doesn't quite know what to do. So that's, Giannis has got to get better. He's got to get a three-point shot because you can't be the best player in the NBA or whatever and not have a three-point shot. Um, and he just needs to get more consistent. So it, it's an all-round thing. I think Giannis has to take as much of this on himself as sort of the Bucks do, because you, know, you know they proved they could play when he wasn't wasn't on the court. So
0: I, I don't know how take much more consistent Dana. Giannis could be. Like, what, what do you want from the guy? He's giving you like twenty-eight and twelve with six or so.
1: But you need a three-point shot. He can't not. Yeah, have- so he he
0: needs to work on his outside shooting for sure. But like the guy's consistent. Like, and this is what this is one of the things that's, what's your take on the the Yanis the conversation that's come up saying that he needs an MJ to his Pippin or he needs um, uh, Batman to his Robin what's your take on that
1: I I think he would you know he could be a, a number one or a, or a I don't know I don't want to say it but a Scotty Pippin type guy like I don't think it would really bother him but I think that's why you have to look at a you know a facilitating point guard or guard type player who can just come in and and help him. Someone who's going to take a bit more of the the burden. Chris Middleton, as great as he is, he's a very, you know, he's just a guy who on paper, you you don't think of as being a, a guy who can take over in the playoffs. So they need somebody else who can go out and, and do that. And they need to look at their situation, their, their sort of cap situation, because they're probably spending too much money on guys who are at the far, far, the far end of their bench rotation. So they need to work out what's going on with, with the finances as well. But like I said, there's, I mean, they've got nearly 100 million tied up in the team's top five players. And so there's no reason for us to expect them not to be here next season. But if you move one of them, you're going to have to try and get real value back for it. I mean, it seems like the only options they've got is to see if they can get any role players or bring people in on sort of the mid-level exception. So I don't know. I mean, what does John Horse do? If John Horse gets a call from Bob Myers and Bob Myers says, would you be willing to talk Janice? Do you do you accept that?
0: You, you never trade a generational talent. You never trade a two-time MVP. He's going to be two-time MVP. Why would you trade this guy? Like, if you trade him, you will never get back his value. That's why it's so difficult to bring in talent. Like, this this whole he could be the Pippin, he could be the Robin to someone else, I just find it infuriating. He's the reigning MVP. He's going to be an MVP again. Right, in your opinion, is he a top 10 NBA player, yes or no? Top 10 NBA player.
1: Yeah, but I, I don't know if I'd put him at the top at uh, the... the right. top um, echelon. You said yes. I'll, yes, I'll, he's I'll top 10. Echelon.
0: Can't believe it took you that long to say he was top 10. <laughs> Is he a top five NBA player?
1: No. No? Who are you putting above him? Uh, Well, I've thought my head right now.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll give you a list of eight that I've prepared. <laughs> uh, so you, you're putting KD above him, I assume. Assuming he's fully healthy kd that we know and and loathe sometimes um yeah. you're putting Kawhi above him yeah. assuming that he can actually play something more than 60 games which you might actually change your mind on if you can't deliver anything with the clippers at the end of the series who knows i'm just putting <laughs> words in your mouth you put lebron above him despite the fact he's 36 yeah you'd
1: put ad above him ad and jokic probably yeah you put Jokic above him as well. I, the Jokic has got a r- real all-round game. He's... Would you put Embiid above him? No. Would you put Luca above him? Oh, man. I, I might just put Luka. Bit. Oh, well, I don't so know. If that's bearing in mind, one. we're talking about the
0: reigning MVP, who's about to be MVP again. Would you put Dame above him? Mm, no. Okay, so, so we've got a group of potentially six players that you think he could be the secondary player to. How many times do you think we see a team that has two players who are top six talents? Rarely, if ever. Well, you've you've got AD and LeBron now potentially. Yeah. You had Steph. We've was... you, not even mentioned Steph, who could be back, who would be a perfect complementary player because he can play off the ball as well. Yeah. But you, the, the point is, for me, you can't say a top six player could could be the second fiddle because it so infrequently happens. It's it's just like it's just. It's ridiculous. It is literally 2K. It's like, okay, I'm gonna go get the second best player in the league and then I've got I'm gonna win the chip. It don't work like that. There's no way it'll happen.
1: Well, if Bob Myers he calls says, me, I might just, you know, try and sneakily suggest that he sends us Clay Thompson and not that we send him Jarvis because I think Clay would be a a great fit in that system and you could probably mm-hmm. send someone like Chris Middleton back and that the Warriors might not lose all that much considering the type if, of player he is. But if Bob Myers did that trade. I would lose a lot of respect for him. <laughs> he's the coolest GM in the NBA. Nobody loses we, respect we, for Bob Myers. We've had... Uh, oh man,
0: someone's saying he's basically Scottie Pippen. I completely disagree with that. But shout out Red Rocket for following. Um, Jamie NH has said... So I think Jamie's a, a Cavs fan because he suggested that they could get someone like Colin Sexton or Sheddy or Osmond alongside him.
1: City uh, Osmond's not too bad, but he's at a really early stage of his career, so neither of them are the stars that are
0: supposed to deliver this <laughs> no but season. they're
1: the, they're the nice role players that we were saying is the probably the only realistic opportunity they've got of making any moves this summer but i i I just
0: think they're in a very 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 difficult position and if but if they can't do something and they don't break the bank for something he he will go
1: I don't know how they would feasibly do it right but I'm just thinking jumping ahead to the next topic and thinking what's going on with Houston right now what if Houston just go, screw it? We can't do anything with this. We'll blow it up. So every 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 single Houston Rockets player is is open for a trade is available. Anyone on that roster need to save <laughs> Anyone on that roster that you you know, Robert Covington, does he does he become your third star star? He's player? not a star. No, I he's know He's not a star. Does he become your third player behind player. behind Chris Middleton?
0: <laughs> I I I just he can't create his own shot either. I think I think they they need someone who is a creator and a playmaker. Um, James Harden start getting happened. someone in who's ball dominant as well, like a Chris Paul. Then Yanis is need to kind of develop. So, yes, I know Roko's a legend. <laughs> I'm, into, I'm reading the chat as it goes. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Roko's a legend. I'm not arguing that. He's just not a star like that is not the kind of guy mm. who is going to be the upper on talent on, on this, on this team. i honestly, if you need, you need, if you're going to get a, you need a ball creator, somebody can create your own shot, but you also need Jan- Janis to develop his off, off the ball game because that's non-existent at the minute.
1: No, it, it, it isn't there. And in the modern NBA, I, I generally don't think you can succeed without one. So he's going to have to, he's going to have to get one somewhere. Even if he just shoots the league average, that would be, nice and and then you just build around him and do that maybe the other thing is don't take the bloody regular season so seriously like you're in the Eastern Conference you've got the best player in the Eastern Conference just roll just roll through the Eastern Conference get to the playoffs go in as the second or third seed or whatever and then do a bit more you know use your use your coaching brain and try and pull something out of the book that nobody's done before how less seriously do you think they can take it they rested him basically half the games <laughs> The, like
0: I just uh, no, I'm not buying any Yanis Slander at all. Like I get that he needs to develop a jump shot, but a consistent jump shot. But he no, like they 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 coasted through the season. I genuinely think um, something that's not been discussed is the impact the break had on them because it completely halted their rhythm. They never looked themselves when they came back to the bubble because they never had to. They already locked up the one seed. They just it was just never. We've, we've gone on on Giannis for for a long time but then, but then you've got a lot
1: to. you've got a lot of players in the bubble at the moment you were saying the way the courts are and everything in Orlando is favoring you know the shooters so you know you'd think a team that was loaded with shooters like the bucks would have had a higher chance of success
0: <laughs> hey I, I this bubble's been crazy I anything can happen I was surprised they went there when my picks come out of the east um even when they were down yeah I thought they'd still come back. The way Yanis played on that, that ankle as well. I don't know what more he can do for people to just stop like <laughs> just nitpicking with him. Like I get the jump shot bit. That's it. That's the only bit I can fault.
1: Mm. I, th- I think you need to get like a, I love Giannis t-shirt and roll with it. I've got his jersey there. <laughs> it's, it's on camera. That, yeah, that's do- t- I've, got, t- I've got another t-shirt that's basically the jersey and t-shirt for custom t-shirt. That's what we've got to do. Mike Miller is a Janice. Janice Antetokounmpo isn't his fault, Stan. Um, moving on, Houston Rockets. Um, so on Sunday night, basically, Mike D'Antoni announced that he wasn't going to come back to the Houston Rockets. Um, and I, I don't know if this was a surprise. I mean, this is a team that's consistently got to the final rounds of the Western Conference and always stumbled at the final hurdle. Um, so I guess the biggest question is what's next for Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and Morrible really, because it could be the end of an era. Have we had an era in Houston? I, I don't know if we have, but um, it, it could be the end of an era if we if we see them just blow everything up. I mean, what do you think there? What was your instant reaction to Mike D'Antoni saying he's, he's not coming back? Was it? Oh, thank goodness. I don't have to watch that awful basketball anymore or? No, because I've I've enjoyed this. Yeah, this, you are uh, one of the, the few <laughs> yeah.
0: since, since they traded and got rid of anyone over six foot nine, I've enjoyed it. <laughs> um, I it it is an end of an era, hundred uh, percent. And the minute they hired him, I I I mocked it. Um, but it worked to, a, you know, within a fraction of being a finals team. Within, I say, a fraction. 26 consecutive missed threes in a uh, conference finals game against the the Warriors, um, I think is slightly more than a fraction. But, you know, um, they, they have been perfectly designed for Harden. It just hasn't worked. It, it just hasn't been able to get them there. Um, I know we're going to talk about, there's a listener question later on that I really want to dive into, but I... I don't know where they go from here. I'm intrigued to see what Hardin will be like in a different system. I'm not surprised he left. There's obviously the upheaval with Tilman Fatita and just his his assets himself. There's obviously um, Maury and what's happening with him. And, you know, we're only sort of, well, I would say 12 months away, maybe 11 months from the, the China tweet, uh, or the <laughs> Hong Kong tweet. So there's a, there is internal t- turmoil there. And I kind of feel like, you know, he, he's, he's overseeing this ship. And they've been constantly changing in and out players, you know, quick, quick turnarounds from what Chris Paul was there two, three years maybe, um, and then switched him out for Restbrook. For and um, basically, nothing changed. But he, he's just not the right, it's just not the right superstars to play alongside Harden, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think, I mean, back when probably one of the last podcasts I was on was just after they'd made the the sort of moves for for Russell Westbrook. And they had, you know, they had some success against the Lakers in the regular season. Um, But I think it comes down to the fact that they just couldn't match up when it came to size. Um, They didn't have anybody who they could put on AD. And the Lakers went small at some stages of that game, if you can, you know, believe it. It seems a bit stupid. But, um, you can't have Russell Westbrook coming in, firing 27 threes, making seven of them. Like that that is not helpful at all. Um, I noticed when I was watching some of the games live is that when he was more aggressive and was driving to the paint, they played better, but he started sagging out and started taking bad shots and it was all downhill from there. They also for for someone who we've literally just spent, you know, five minutes praising, Mike D'Antoni, he didn't make too many adjustments when it came to trying to get them back into this series. I mean, in game five, he started running that sort of high screen and roll for Harden a bit further out the top of the key. But by then, it was it was too late. And it was that funny clip where you had LeBron on camera and Russell Westbrook was inbound in the ball and said, you better double me, you better double me. And LeBron's sitting there laughing at him. And I just thought that two-second moment summed up the whole series. It was like the Lakers are taking everything as seriously as possible. Especially after being one of the two teams that said they were going to boycott, it's almost like they've said, "Right, let's just get this over with, so we can go home and see our families." Um, and they've they've been on a mission ever since. But I, I I don't know what Houston does. I mean, you can keep going with this lineup next year and see if it has some success. Maybe you try and bring in a a big who's just going to help you when you do match up against teams that have got some some size. But
0: it's not been not a, it's the not it, Tyson Chandler. No,
1: it's not been a total failure, has it? So it's it's an awkward one. Uh, we had a question from
0: Rich Barrett actually just in the chat as well is Harden the problem rather than, than the solution um, I'm not convinced he is I certainly think that's the narrative attached to him and certainly I've, I've joined in in the, the Harden bashing over the years but I kind of feel like he's a product of the system and the environment and whatever this Harden is is, a, is like a magnified mutation of him as an actual player um, I, I, they've had injury issues as well like Westbrook's uh, obviously injured and then before that Chris Paul the second star injured and it does fall to Harden a lot I just think in in this instance the only adjustments uh DeAntoni could have made is to give the guys like platform shoes or something to give them the extra height. <laughs> like the question coming up in a bit I I am a spoiler alert I I don't think this is, experiment is a failure at all but I will get into that in more detail, I'm sure.
1: No, I think we saw a small sample size and perhaps without the... Well, I mean, it was weird because when the break happened, everyone was like, this is going to benefit the Rockets, they'll get some extra rest. But they obviously didn't get as many games during the regular season to sort of pan out and work out what they were doing and how they were going to do it. Because it's just been been one of those weird years. But I mean, they got absolutely killed on the boards. They got out-rebounded by the Lakers. I think the Lakers grabbed 62% of... The, the available boards in the last sort of two games and that that really that just that doesn't just kill you in terms of like your, your morale but you don't get any second chance points from that as well so you struggle to come back from deficits which is where they were stuck for those sort of final two games
0: rebound is overrated
1: that's the conclusion <laughs> I'm
0: going to it's overrated i'm getting I'm, get, I'm, I'm the more and more i read advanced analytics stuff which just take me you know 4 hours to read 3 paragraphs cuz i have to read it 7 times just to understand it and i've got a really slow reading speed apparently um <laughs> but <laughs> rebounding um is is team rebounding is is good but individual not so much um just got like offensive rebounding everyone's like realizing that that's overvalued and we don't get people um crashing the offensive boards as much anymore um, except for Stephen Adams, and I just think I don't know. I just I'm I'm not buying it. This is this this team. It feels to me could still be like um, the same way the Suns were for the Warriors and the Suns were for this iteration. They are the next step in the evolution, but not quite there yet.
1: Yeah, I think they actually showed more progress when Chris Paul was in that lineup because Chris Paul, unlike Russell Westbrook, is can actually help space that floor. Whereas the way Ross has been playing recently. He just doesn't he just doesn't open you know, open up those spaces for James Harden to play his game, really. But Clink Capella was there, so he shrank that floor again. Mm. Do you know who they need?
0: They need MVP Ryan Anderson back. <laughs> I'm just going to stand for Ryan Anderson now for the next. Ryan,
1: ten Ryan Anderson got a whole chapter in sprawball which uh, you know is well worth a read. But um, <laughs> yeah. at, at one point, everyone was like, "Why on earth have we, they the Rockets paid him all this money?" But in the end, it worked out pretty well. It was working out well for them <laughs> until until he, he sort of lost his shot. But yeah, they, they do they just, they just need more guys. You can knock down that three. I think Daniel House going home didn't really help them. He was one of their best players off the bench, so you know, sneaking a COVID official back into your hotel room during the middle of the playoffs against the Lakers. Probably not the smartest thing to do. Um, I know that was something that we were going to get onto later, but I I had to bring it up now because it's just too too. Has it been
0: confirmed as a COVID official? I I I thought it was was just a a COVID official. I'm just assuming, I don't know. (laughs) I I heard that that was was, um, untrue, that that was their role in this. But uh, I don't know what the actual role was, but um, what an idiot.
1: It was a... yeah. What an idiot! The the, the 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 SI report just said an official, like it didn't say anything else. So who knows? We we can we can speculate. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't had more players dobbing each other up. Actually, like like before massive games, just saying. Look, I saw you know I saw AD out last night getting a takeaway by the by the fishing pond or whatever. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you won't you get any now either because Chris Paul's gone. So the <laughs> snitch line's just been snitch, disconnected. Snitch
1: line's just gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, generally the Rockets, I mean, they, they could blow it up and I wouldn't be surprised. They could carry on with what they're doing and I wouldn't be surprised. I think they, you know, give them another year, get them more used to each other, see see how far uh, you go next season.
0: It it all depends on what happens to Maury because if it's Maury, they're going to run it back with some tweaks. Yeah. Obviously, he'll go all out to try and get another star. I can't see him going back to a more traditional lineup because he's kind of thrown all his chips in here. It's just whether Tillman Fretita decides to keep him. I don't know why I keep saying Tillman Fretita either because it's a stupid name to keep saying. Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> But um yeah, I, I well ha- having having read <laughs> even Sherwood Strauss's book, I wouldn't be surprised if um Daryl Morey right now was was working out a way of signing Giannis Antetokounmpo via trade. Like that's the sort of crazy ass guy that Daryl Morey is. He always looks at trying to get the impossible and swings for the fences. Yeah. And there's a whole slight paragraph in, in Ethan's book about how he was like, he spoke to Daryl and Daryl was legitimately trying to sort something to try and entice, um, Kevin Durant, who I obviously know was a, was a free agent, but same situation. He, he, he likes to swing for the things he thinks he can get. And if he gets them, then he looks like an absolute genius. So we'll have to see what happens. Um, anyway, less of the rockets and, and more, more random things. Um, Steve Nash is now the the head of the Brooklyn Nets. This is an interesting one because there's, there's, there was obviously other candidates, and Steve Nash got it without having any real head coach experience. Um, but he was a heck of a player. He does have a great relationship with Kevin Durant. I imagine he has some sort of relationship with Kyrie Irving. I don't know, but what do you think of um, of uh, Steve Nash joining the uh, the Brooklyn Nets as their head coach? Do you do you reckon it's championship or bust for them this season? <laughs>
0: I, I think they'd give him a bit longer than one season. If it, it's a bit of a high bar to come in as a rookie head coach, and yeah. winner, uh, unless you name Steve Kerr. Um, <laughs> but it's actually Nick Nurse as well. Um, so apparently it's not because that's that's the two last championship winning coaches. In fact, Ty Lue as well. So the last three NBA. You just <laughs> coaches, have to be a player.
1: That's all that matters. You just well,
0: just they, well, Nick Nurse wasn't really an NBA player, was he? No. He was, no. Uh, <laughs> He played for the Derby Trailblazers and the Birmingham Bullets back in the old days. Um, (laughs) But rookie head coaches apparently have all the look. I think it's a a good pickup. Your point guard is supposed to be an extension of a head coach. He's supposed to be the on-floor coach to see as everything unfolds. Um, And that's exactly what Steve Nash is, one of the most cerebral players in NBA history.
1: Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if he he gels with Kyrie because he's one of those players. He's got a bit of an interesting personality, but he said Steve Nash gels with everyone <laughs> is it just he's Canadian he just they just get on it's with it's just they, so nice they, It's Canadian they just get on with everyone um, you yeah, pu- led the league in high fives that's all you need to know apart from when you insult them when it comes to hockey don't do that bad idea um, yeah I think it's an interesting one I, I, I wouldn't be surprised whoever's going to coach that team is going to get some form of instant success you've got Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Chris LeVert, you've got a really strong roster there. You know, guys like Joe Harris are going to chip in. They overachieved in the remaining games of this season. Um, <laughs> massively, massively. And, Shouldn't have been there, but massively and, and I think that that's, that's only a good sign for them. And with Kevin Durant coming back, you, you'd like to hope that he's, you know, the same player he was when he, when he left. And it was arguably, you know, one of the the best player in the world, you, you could say. So, um, we'll see what happens. Um, Rookie of the Year, John ja Morant won Rookie of the Year during the time that we were off. Obviously, we didn't do a podcast last week because you were on holiday in a cabin somewhere in the woods with no Wi Fi. That's stupid. Some 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 Wi-Fi, but not enough to be decent with. <laughs> the playoffs are on. What are you doing?
0: <laughs> uh,
1: well, well, the
0: playoffs weren't on when I booked it. <laughs> True. There was no season when I there booked it. There was no it. season, yeah. Didn't think well, of that. I actually I, yeah, it was a couple of days after the season stopped I, I booked it. Yeah. Carry on.
1: <laughs> and so we we streamed NBA 2K instead, but uh, that's that's why we weren't here last week. For those of you who were um, who were asking, um, John Morant won Rookie of the Year. I, I think completely deserved. The, the the kid's got so much talent. He makes Memphis a team that people actually want to watch, which is an achievement in itself. Um, apart from, he's made them more popular than it, when they were good. Yeah then when yeah and you know we're big Z we're big Zebo fans here on this podcast we've had a lot of Zebo mm-hmm. chat over, <laughs> over, the, over the years so you know anything good in Memphis is good by me um along with their jerseys which are what some of the best in the NBA at the moment which i said when I was oh yeah I see when we were talking with Kurt last week we went over some jerseys and they were one of our uh, our mutual favorites so it's I, it's 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 got to be upwards for for Jamal now it's just a case of taking your time I mean he, he could end up being one of the best point guards in the league if you you look at how easy he, he adapted to the game and to the league this season mm-hmm. he's got pretty much everything so yeah um, completely deserved the Raptors randomly um, may have to play in the US next season but I guess it's not that random when you think that Canada's got different COVID restrictions to um, the United States the moment I mean what do you think of this do you think this would be a advantage or a disadvantage because I imagine quite a lot of their rosters probably from the States anyway
0: well, it, it really depends on what the league's going to look like next year because they're talking about opening it back up to fans. Yeah. So if they're now going to be playing at a neutral arena without their hometown fans, then they're going to lose whatever home court advantage might look like next year. But other than that, if 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 it's I mean, if there's no fans, what difference does it make?
1: Well, it's it's they're one of the teams that has a. You know, significant home court advantage, but if yeah, no, so
0: that's what I'm saying. So if there are no fans, it doesn't matter where they play. Essentially, the only issue would be that they are not based at home. So yeah. they have the, the inconvenience of being stuck in a hotel for however many games the season is next year. But if there's no if there's no fans, then on court shouldn't make a huge difference. If there is fans, then yeah, I can see there being a quite a big difference.
1: Yeah, well, I guess it's all based on where, like, how how it you know how the pandemic. Sort of plays out in the states at the moment, and and whatever happens with the election and and things like that, and how you know each candidate takes a, a different approach. Try not to touch on anything. I can see your eyebrows going, um, but yeah, the NBA has informed the teams that the season won't begin before Christmas Day, so we're gonna have to wait a while anyway. And then it's just a case of how well's your COVID situation and what we gonna, how, mm-hmm. what can we do around it. I mean, I don't think any of the players would agree to another bubble. If I'm being honest, for a whole year, no way. <laughs> Depends how much money's on the line, doesn't it, really? Well, yeah. All
0: right, if if, <laughs> if, you, if the choice is you don't get paid or you get paid it, but in a bubble, I bet a lot of them would take that mm. because these athletes, with, with the financial uncertainty right now and the actual opportunity uh, in terms of their, their window of opportunity for earning vast amounts of money, it's, it's tiny. The average NBA career is is four years. So if you think about some of the rookies this year, they've had half a season – um, they will have an interrupted season next year. That could be half their career and yeah. just done.
1: Well, I guess they've learned a lot from this bubble as well. So it could be a case of it's a bubble, but it's a bit more expanded. So you ha- you can have families in there a bit earlier and a bit sooner than they did when it came to to this bubble. Obviously, the testing, which the NBA was one of the te- one of the organizations that you know, along with Harvard, I think it was, who helped sort of develop the rapid testing, which is now being spread out all over the world by the looks of it so um the NBA has done some you know more than more than good um with that one but yeah that's a, that's an interesting one um silly nonsense topics Mike's favorite part of the uh the podcast it's not my favorite it's Kirk's favorite oh oh it's Kirk's favorite I did, I didn't know this we, we've mentioned Daniel house I mean did you watch the Anthony Davis interview the other day with Kai Kai the dog from SI who decided to start barking during the middle of 80s presser? Um, it was rather amusing AD didn't have a clue what she said he was just he he said all I heard was rough, rough. and then LeBron I didn't have a clue what she said either (laughs) and
0: I watched it twice I was too busy listening to the dog
1: and then LeBron yelled over the dog asked you a question bro which I thought just sealed it so um, that was interesting Um, we had another random thing from I think this was from Nick Whitfield do you think Mike D'Antoni leaving the Houston Rockets jeopardizes his lifelong endorsement as the face of Pringles also, can you think of any other NBA personalities that look like confectionery or confectionery-linked characters? I'm I'm just fact-checking
0: myself here because because I know how robust Nick is with with being this is, on, on the mark. This is the facts. most Nick
1: Whitfield thing ever, I think. But it,
0: Mike D'Antoni, I'm pretty sure him leaving Houston won't impact any potential marketing <laughs> uh, with Pringles on the basis that. He probably stuffed that up himself the minute he shaved his tash off, which feels like two seasons ago now. He's been tashless for two seasons. He's no longer the face of uh, Pringles. That that would have been that's it. That clause has been uh, activated. You're gone, mate. Um, I think someone else suggested um, Kurt Rambis, and I'm pretty sure his tash is gone too. So we
1: just pick it. We just picking, we're just picking um, Any any coach we can remember with with tashes. Is with that a tash. what we're doing? I mean, I didn't. I, I, I didn't actually think Mike D'Antoni looked like the Pringles tube until I saw the Pringles tube earlier on, and then put an old photo of Mike <laughs> D'Antoni next to it. But, dupe, um, dupe, <laughs> genius has just said a certain former head coach looks like Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> 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 oh dear! But that, that, that's that's the most Nick Whitfield thing I think I've um, I've ever seen in my so life.
0: I I did try and think of someone who might have another. Um, you know, resemblance to something. And I really struggled with it. And the closest, and it's a really bad comparison, but the closest I could come up with uh, would be Jokic and the Haribo bear, which I think would be a disaster if it ever came to fruition. Because <laughs> if that guy got his hands on more Haribo, we, he can already get his hands
1: on. We, 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 we were doing some research for our like Euros um, post. I, I did, I just, Jokic has got a weird background, dude. Like, he was playing basketball. He almost quit by the time he was 13. He wanted to go into professional horse racing, which looking, at, looking at the size of him, you think, what the fuck? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe he'd ride like two horses simultaneously yeah. because uh, or simultaneously because I'm English um, because w- there's no jockey over five foot four. He, there's no way that guy could, mm. that horse would be, was he going to race a Shire horse? What <laughs> those ones you had up in Norfolk with you? have those giant ones. <laughs>
1: I mean, how Uh, silly is
0: that? (laughs) (laughs) I, but. Oh, a, 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 I, story agrees, is brilliant. I love the fact he still gets beaten up by his older brothers
1: yeah but it was like it's it's he wanted to do horse racing so he goes back to do basketball when he joins his first professional club wherever it was it, he couldn't do one press up so they put him on a massive strength and conditioning program and during that time they had to wean him off the four litres of Coca-Cola that he was drinking like every day of the week which just seems completely bonkers though I had a friend I have a friend Sam and he used to drink a hell of a lot of Pepsi but I don't think even he drank four litres of Pepsi every day of the week like that's just ugh <laughs> you must feel so rough Mad. when you do that man like uh, uh, yep. I have one can of Coke now and my face starts to feel
0: like it's just <laughs> oozing
1: is that because you're an alcoholic uh, type beverage these days or <laughs> <laughs> well to be fair
0: it usually has um, a certain bourbon in it but um,
1: you know I, I, st-
0: I don't drink that Coke
1: that often I still, I still think we need to approach brew dog with this idea about you know MBA related beers for their expansion into the US market when they're selling their craft ale, you know. We could come up with some really good names, I think. So
0: Yeah, you could. Definitely. For, for, for each city. Yes. No, I think we should explore this more. Um, everyone out there who's uh streaming at the minute, don't steal that idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, go on then. What's the next thing we're doing?
1: Well well, we'd normally do talking uh discourse on Discord, but I had a check had a check of the Discord and there's there's nothing out of the ordinary that has occurred. This week, there's been a lot of NBA 2K slander because of the shooting, mm. because the shooting is, uh, for want of a better word, a bit wank, um, <laughs> and because <and laughs> you, you, you have to get your release right, and then you have to get your aim right, so you can be off left or off right or centre, and I think 2K are trying to patch it, um, yeah, it's been and matched. it's been patched today, and I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but yeah. Well... I thought I'd give you guys a week head start before I started
0: playing <laughs> it, obviously. Well, I saw um, that last week. I came back and, and downloaded it um, and, and had a game on... Oh, man, was it Saturday? And... You were like, I, I can't do it. I anything. couldn't even make a free throw. No, this was, it's, it was horrible. It was horrible. Like, and and I was so excited for it as well because in principle, I think it works beautifully, the concept of it, because it makes it more like having to shoot a, 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 a shot in basketball. You have to get the release right. You have to get the balance right uh you have to keep the elbow in everything like that and I just love the idea that you were somehow translating it into the game um at least that was my interpretation of it uh yeah but yeah man it it I I, I sucked I sucked so bad at it I think That's there's
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: 100% it was a lot of airballs. I thought I was getting the hang of it in uh, the 2KU section as well and uh, then I got into a game and I was like nope no it,
1: it, it's it's nope. weird because obviously that changes depending on where you are on court and we were saying this when we did the um, 2K stream last week like first of all the learning curve with 2K is why a lot of my friends don't like playing it is because you have to learn each player's release in the first place. You have to know which mm-hmm. player is good at what shot. So you don't want Shaquille O'Neal taking a three-pointer. Like it just that is not something you want. Um and you have to learn all of that, but then you've got to put onto the top of it where you are on the court, you know, if that's a hot zone for your player, if he should be taking shots from there, or if he should not be taking shots from there. And then you've got to add in the release and the aiming, and it's just all like Joe Helbert nailed it earlier on Twitter, actually. He was saying that it's almost like it's been geared towards pro players um so I'd...
0: and i think that's a great way of, yeah. of looking at it yeah and i think that's what we should all aspire to be i i i struggled <laughs> with it but it made me i i still want to learn how to get better i'm not going to ditch the game i, I want to learn how to do it no, I, no. Think, no. I mean the, the whole goal of it was to create a, a a skill gap essentially so that you could differentiate yourself from standard players or vice versa and yeah i think it's um I, I, I like I say I like the idea like, behind it. I've struggled with it, but I'm I'm gonna crack on with it.
1: Yeah, and it's it's like everything. New changes in games just take time, and I think that 2K are gearing up for a massive next gen update. Update, so you know we'll get more used to it when we start playing in that. But it's it's just one of those things. There's a teething issue. I think Madden's had the lowest user rating ever for a sports game, so you know it, you know things could be a lot worse. Um, but the the base game is still, you know, the great game that it always has been. They've just changed a couple of little things and it's throwing people off. Um, I was waving at Mo saying goodbye, not not, not you just to freak you out. Um, but yeah, I think, well, n- there was no discourse and discourse, but there's been plenty of, um, NBA, has em- been plenty of M- NBA 2K discussions.
0: Um, yeah. At that point, you should probably remind people to go to discord.me slash double
1: clutch and come join the Discord. God, you're good. It's almost like you've been doing this for the last two months. he's on fire because i'm still doing this thing where i don't know where the camera is or the camera's up there but i'm looking over here and uh, uh, it's just all over the place one one day i'll have Um, one one day i'll have one of those streaming setups that um that kirk's got that looks funky with the buttons the starship enterprise (laughs) um right moving on discord list of questions um do you want to, should I just read these out and then we'll answer them together or do you want to do one each or? Um, really, go on. Let's, 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 uh, let's do them together. So fine tortoise who has been a listener for a long, long time. Um, do you think the small ball as a concept has been put to bed or do you think that it is still has some merit? I don't think it's been put to bed. I think if the Houston Rockets re-roll again, they'll be doing it next year and teams are playing small ball throughout these playoffs and, You know, you had that series between the Raptors and the Celtics, and it was basically all small ball at stages of that game. So I don't think it's something that teams have put into bed at all. It's just one of those things that's become part of the sort of modern NBA, you know, logic, I guess. Is it logic?
0: Yeah, no, well, it's
1: the the, the sort of substance of the
0: NBA, the way the game is. Um, I don't think it's been put to bed at all. In fact, I think it's actually sort of... um, God, what's the word? Accelerated the next phase of it. Developing, because yeah, yeah we, we look the Golden State Warriors won that with a death lineup, which was the 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 first you know massive success of a small ball lineup. Their their average height was like six nine and a bit. So small ball is a relative term. We're talking basketball players here, where the average height is still about six foot six. So they're still above average for NBA players. So they're still tall guys. What we had here was like hyper small ball, where the tallest guy was six foot nine. Um, I think it's underscored its value, and you know it's all analytics, it's whatever. That's fine. I get it. Threes spread the floor tends to be that the shorter guys are better at shooting from outside and they're better with the ball. That's fine. That's just that's just very very rudimentary and crude way of looking at basketball. <laughs> um, but it emphasizes the death of limited big men in the league. For yeah, it's like you you guys like Javale McGee and Dwight Howard had lower minutes this 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 series. They couldn't stay on the floor. And you okay? You won without, and that's fine. But they that those big guys were gone. The same with uh, Stephen Adams. What what is his point in this series? Against it, it, it gets rid of the big men off the floor. And the only way you can break it is if you have someone as versatile as AD, like someone who is able to step outside, yeah. Someone who's able to dribble. So and 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 that's it. Sort of just emphasizes again the importance. Of the unicorns in in the NBA at the end of the you know, that old favorite word that was used about three four years ago. These unicorns, they're the X factors in this league. Going to name drop him again twice now. You mentioned Joe earlier. Joe, when he you know was a long time host of this show, one of the things he he said was the next phase of small ball is going to be just a slightly taller version with versatile big men, and that's exactly you know that's exactly what will break small ball is people who can do what the small guys do. But are bigger, yeah, and that's exactly what we've seen. So I, I don't think it does it at all. It's just sped up the next phase of it.
1: Well, there's a couple of teams that are on their way to that as well. Like Dallas is one of those teams that's got a lot of manoeuvrability, but also a lot of length. And they, they, you know they've got guys who can who can take it inside and take it outside, especially with Chris Stapps and, and Luca. So it's it's like you know Luca is he was listed as a forward coming out of Europe, but he's basically he's played guard throughout the whole of the the NBA you know the NBA season so far and it's it's weird seeing somebody who who's got that build playing point guard but we you know it's like um Reddick was saying on their podcast earlier like the the league is so positionless right now that nobody cares like you could be a center and play point guard if you want it doesn't make a it doesn't make a difference and that's why you know what we were saying earlier about Janice, you could have a coach come in and go and be like, right, we're going to play you here and play you there. And then that's the sort of thing that throws other teams off. So it'll be interesting to see, but I don't know. I don't think small ball has gone away at all. I mean, I remember back when the heat holes were still, get, were, you know, were the thing and they they started playing small ball and everyone was like, oh, what's going on? But now, you know, teams have have adapted that and developed it and the Warriors obviously perfected it a little bit. So.
0: Yeah, I think I've been called out. Uh, so Jamie NH has said, OKC used small ball versus the Rockets. And just to clarify, yeah, I'm, I'm aware of that. The reason they used small ball is because the Rockets forced them to yeah. because Stephen Adams couldn't stay on the floor. And ultimately, it worked for the Rockets because they went through as as close as that series was. Yeah. At times.
1: And the problem, Houston, the problem Houston had against the Lakers was that when they did play small ball, AD was the guy playing small ball. So you still need someone who can, you know go outside with him and defend him in the post, which is, you know, a rare a rare player to find. Um, okay, your question. Oh, you want me to read it? Oh, I thought you just, okay, fine. I, th- I uh, thought we were swapping, but never mind. <laughs> okay, fine, that's fine.
0: Uh, so this is from Hoopin and Luton, Elliot. Uh, what will be the biggest series rivalry-wise? The Battle of LA, assuming the Clippers get through, obviously, uh, or Lakers versus Celtics? Is there a danger of the championship series being a lesser event than
1: the Western Conference Finals? Um, I think Battle LA would, would be media crazy if it was in LA, Um, but it's in a bubble at the moment. So it's going to be a big matchup, but you know, whatever happens, but Celtics Lakers has got however many years of history behind it. I don't think there's, you know, th- there's very few rivalries in American sports, but that is one of the true rivalries that you can compare to something that you have over here in the UK and in Europe when it comes to football. So,
0: um, I th- I think that whatever, assuming this, assuming Boston, of, get to the finals, but yeah, normally I would take this as a. Well, it's assuming that the Clippers get to the conference finals as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> normally I would take this as an opportunity to bash people over the head with why we should have <laughs> <conferences, laughs> but I'm not going to. Um, <clears throat> so, I think either way you win, if it if it's if it's the Clippers versus the Lakers, that's going to be fantastic. And then if, assuming the Lakers go through that, if, if even if it's the Heat rather than the Celtics. They, they are two fantastic narratives because of the Laker history and then because of LeBron's relationship with Miami. I think um, quite often we do see the Western Conference Finals should be the main event and isn't. Um, yeah. But I think there are a number of scenarios here where the finals could actually be really, like, really really good
1: yeah the last few years it's been different because you had like golden state and houston going at it in the western conference finals and they were quite obviously the two you know most fun teams best teams or whatever and there was nothing really coming out of the eastern conference that compared to that but the way boston have been playing the way miami have been playing like they're going to make a fight of it whoever ends up in their finals so i mean that's a that's a heck of a series as it is but you know Lakers celtics is just there's, there's, there's something something special about that like even you know you go to you can you can Go to your non-basketball friends, and they might know something about Lakers, Celtics, just because it's a bit more, I don't know, what's the word, like mainstream sports type hype. So, yeah, I, I, we can't win. Like, can't can't win, can't lose. Um I just think it's going to be, you know, great basketball, whatever we get. And even if the Nuggets go through, like they've been playing some good basketball, but if they have to go three-one down again, then <laughs> it's going to be a bit weird. I think we'd lose if it
0: was a Nuggets Heat final because I don't think the general populace would be interested. No, they like, wouldn't
1: care. That's like a basketball nerds. So you like, you know, what's Gary Harris doing tonight, sort of thing. Um, shout out Gary Harris. <laughs> <laughs> We've got about three minutes left, so we're gonna have to
0: start before Kirk shouts at us on the screen again.
1: <laughs> top, uh, top three t- Tom Hanks movies is probably going to take too long. Uh, it's
0: not really okay. I've written mine okay, now go. Uh, but generally because I'm absolutely crap when it comes to films I haven't watched <laughs> any films in ages so I'm going uh, in reverse order I'm going Big Forrest Gump and Turner and Hooch Poof.
1: wow okay
0: um, there you go so you obviously haven't uh, you obviously haven't prepped for this one
1: no I was, how quick
0: I, the answer should be
1: I was just trying to think but I, I, you know Tom Hanks has done a lot of good movies I mean Saving Private Ryan's up there Green Mile's up there Philadelphia's up there, that's a good film.
0: Yep, not seen any of no? them. Carry on. Okay, never mind. No.
1: Um <laughs> this one's from this one's from this one's from Shaq. You you guys have done some real cool things involving basketball. Has there been one moment you've had to pinch yourself and take a step back at what you're actually doing? Um NBA London for the first time for me was pretty cool. Um speaking to Peter Vesey was actually the like the first point where I was like, ooh, this is cool. Because, you know, Hall of Fame, NBA journalist, that was that was a moment. And he'd had some run-ins with Carl Malone, so he had a lot of good stories. But that was that was like episode 50-something. That was bloody years ago. Um, and a lot of the events since I've missed, and, and Mike's gone to, to those, so I, I imagine it'll be the events. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's
0: always the events. Like, even things like uh, the crossover event. The first one I went to in Shoreditch, I got to speak with Steve Nash. Yeah. That was, like, pretty epic. But I wasn't... Weirdly, I wasn't phased by any of the players I've really met. The only time I've suddenly gone holy crap, was actually a 2017 NBA London game when the Pacers were playing the Nuggets and we were walking, in fact, it was Mo and I were walking through um, the, back from the media area underground, back out to the, the court and we were stopped by security who just sort of held us back and then w- opened the door and waved someone through and it was Larry Bird. And, uh, Larry <laughs> Bird just sort of went thumbs up and he was literally like as close as I am to the screen right now, which is touching distance away from me. And Mo, I'm pretty sure he was texting on the no knowing how switched on he is, he was probably <laughs> telling everyone what he was doing that at the exact moment I had met him. I, I was trying to tell Mo, who's a Celtics fan, it was Larry Bird, and I couldn't even talk. I was just sort of stood there going. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was my pinch yourself moment.
1: Yeah, no, th- we've had some really cool moments over years, and I'm hoping there's um there's many more to come. Um, before we go, uh, conference finals, series predictions. Um okay, we'll just do Boston Miami because we ain't got a clue about the other one yet. So Boston, Miami, who are you taking? Should we, should we do it on three at the same time? Should
0: we go one, two, three, and then say um, yeah, team if, if this and is... number.
1: Oh, team oh, in oh, X. Oh, okay, yeah,
0: all right. So it will sound really bad on the audio, but we are editing it, so. So am I counting? <laughs> yeah, go on, we'll, go on then. We go one, like when we do the crack beforehand, it <laughs> never works. We're going for one, two, three.
1: <laughs> one, two, three, heat six. Miami in seven. Oh, oh we're not oh, three, two, three, four, free on it. I, uh, it it's it's an interesting series and i'm taking out my lakers celtics bias here but um if jimmy butler takes the next step I, they they could really do some damage in this series and i think their defense has just been phenomenal um i guess i guess you look if you look at the, for the celtics if, if gordon hayward comes back then that's another weapon that they're going to get and it might help them but i, I think defensively miami are just they're on it. They're they're dogs. Like they're 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 up for this. They they are the
0: team that I want to win it all. I think now. Mm. Just I, I just think the story's great. The, the 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 feel of the team, the way they're playing, is fantastic. I would love for them to win it all.
1: Yeah. No. That that'd be uh, you know. And the, the Celtics might have out might have overdone themselves playing that Raptor series because that was um that was a that was a war. Um, was it six players every like hit fifty minutes in a game? Yeah crazy um anyway thank you everyone to who's um who's watched us on discord tonight thank you to everyone who's who's listening um what else we got to do we've got plenty of things to do please check out the website doubleclutch.uk there's been loads of um fantastic articles up there recently we've had several new people join the team um and if you are interested in in helping us out and doing nba content in the uk then um there is a tab on there called called join us um Latest followers. I'm on the there we go. I'm on the wrong document. So, so
0: do you want me to do it? I've got it here. Yeah, yeah, no, you're uh, right. So shouts on Discord to Dance off Tube Seventeen, UK Raptors fan. Jordan Eitkin ninety one. Ah no, I've got to say this one now. Can you lugetin? Can you Lugutin? Something like that. <laughs> uh, and Richard Fang H. Remember, it's discord.me/slash-double-clutch. Come join us. Join the fun on Twitch. Obviously, Hoop Genius uh, and Red Rocket who joined tonight. Shout out to you guys for, for joining. We'll see you next time. I'm sure.
1: Yeah. No, it's been fun. Uh, I'll know where to look. I'll, I might know where to look next time. I don't know. I'm still fiddling about like some sort of moron. Anyway, I'll get this edited and get this out. <laughs>